Get back to footy, eh? That's what we <laughs> we love. You know, it's it's coming to the very, very business end of the season and to discuss uh, more of it, uh, well, there's no-one else you'd rather speak to, let's be fair, than Richmond legend uh, of the game, and that's KB. G'day, Kev. G'day, Jack. G'day, Woz. G'day, mate. Thank you for joining us, mate. Very exciting to, uh, to chat to, to you. Um, tell us, uh, how's your year been and what are we what are we thinking of this uh, this season of footy? Well, it's a, it's a season that really has been dominated by Collingwood, hasn't it? And the way that Collingwood has played, everyone's fallen in love with the Pies because of the attacking style of football and taking the ball quickly, you know, through the centre of the ground and down the other end and scoring you know, so quickly. And that's so everyone's sort of been, you know, taken aback by, you know, Collingwood's style of play. And we see them on top with, you know, what, 64 points. So they've been the dominant side uh, for the season. I think the other surprise one... It's been a bit of Port Adelaide at the start of the season. There was a lot of talk when they lost games that that'd be the end of Ken Hinckley. I think Warren Treadray actually called for the fact that he shouldn't be coach anymore, the, the great of Port Adelaide. And then they won 13 straight <laughs> and uh, had a, you know, fallen a bit of a hole last two or three weeks. But they're, they're a formidable side, and I'm pretty certain that they're going to be hard to beat. Particularly, you know, particularly for Brisbane and Port, you know, if they can get home finals, uh, it's going to make a big difference to them. If they can find themselves playing at home at Adelaide over at the Gabba, then it gives them a good chance to go really deep in the finals. KB, it's was here. Um, you said everyone's fallen in love with Collingwood. Have have you? I've never fell in love with Collingwood. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> They're the mortal enemy, along with Carlton. Yes. Uh, Collingwood and Carlton, mortal enemies. But I think we have enjoyed the way that they've played. You know, there's been so much football over in recent years, you know, with so much defensive play, kicking the ball backwards, playing keepings off. You know, having multiple handballs and kicks and, you know, not really impacting the scoreboard. It seemed for a, a good period of time there that scoring was not an option. It wasn't even a priority. It was just a matter of keeping the ball off the opposition, defending. I think a couple of coaches said, you know, when we got the ball in hand, we defend, all that sort of stuff. But uh, to McRae's uh, credit, uh, the fact is uh, when he took over as Collingwood, it seemed that they wanted to kick goals and attack. And if they, if the opposition kicks three or four goals in a row, well, they'll keep on attacking because they've got to kick five. And I think from that point of view, it's been very enjoyable to watch. And and on that, do you buy into the uh, that type of footy might not stand up in finals? Do you buy into that, or is it just good footy wins games? No, I don't buy into that at all. I think uh, attacking football and kicking goals, I mean, that creates enthusiasm for the side. Scoreboard keeps ticking over. It gives you a chance to score all the time. Uh, you know, you can, you can have an arm wrestle if you want and be six goals to seven or eight goals to nine. But, uh, you know, if it's 16 goals to 15, I think that's a better game. And yeah. I think you can win. You can win premierships. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen better sides in recent times, you know, been attacking sides, you know, particularly if they get the ball quickly out of the centre. So in recent times, you know, Melbourne, when they won their premiership, I mean, they were dynamic out of the midfield and quickly into the forward line and, kick, you know, kick good scores. Yeah, and, and that, that has been that has been Collingwood's uh, weapon, which has been fantastic, and it's changed the game. Um, have you seen a better pair of brothers than the Dacos? As, uh, well, in your time of watching footy, mate. Oh well, there's been a lot of great brothers play over over the years, hasn't there? I mean, the Batten brothers were pretty good. <laughs> Simon and Justin were great players. I think from memory, both played well over 300 games, and Justin, as a ruckman, come forward, kicked uh, over 500 goals, about 570 odd goals in his career. So they were they were incredible people. I mean, uh, they were they were great brothers. But look, the, the Dacos boys, I'm really thrilled for Peter Dacos. He's a lovely person. 
and I've known Peter for a long, long time. And I think it's just fantastic that his boys have come through. And they seem to be so unassuming, uh, mm. you know, on the field, uh, off the field. Uh, there's nothing rising about them. They go about their job. They attack the football. Nick's got a lot of uh, great publicity, of course, and just in his second year, some of the performances he's put in have been quite extraordinary. Um, I think I think at this stage, if they counted the Brownlow medal, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't winning the Brownlow medal. Josh, on the other hand, you know, playing on the wing and sometimes going through the midfield, has had a, a cracking season. Mm. And um, I think there's a very good chance both those players could finish up in the All-Australian side. I agree. If we go from unassuming to very assuming, we've got the retirement news of Buddy Franklin. How, how, have you, how do you rate Buddy in the scheme of things? Oh, I think he's one of the greatest players that's ever played. I really? Think one of the great, oh, I think he is, and I think he's one of the great modern-day champions. You can only be as good as your own era, Jack and Wise. That's yep. all you can do. You can only dominate your own era. Uh, he's kicked over a 1,000 goals. He's played in a key position. Um Overhead marking, it seems strange uh, for someone who's 6'5 or close to 6'6, I suppose. Uh, never been a strong part of his game. So he's relied on great pace and agility and awareness and, you know, ball control. Uh, he's got, you know, that damaging left boot from, you know, 50, 60 metres out. Um, he's been, he's been a, an amazing player with his, with his agility for his size. And um, as I said, he's done all that really become one of the greats. Everyone's got weaknesses in, in their game and overhead marking really was his weakness, not a one-grab player. But I think he's been one of the modern-day greats and I think he's, you know, it's been fantastic. I mean, he's, he's drawn people to games. You know, people have sat down and watched their television sets and stories on him in newspapers and read about him. He's been fantastic for the game. All-Australian eight times, which is an incredible, incredible effort. It is, it is, and obviously he'll be in the Hall of Fame, um, but a lot of a lot of experts and a lot of commentators have called for him to go into, straight into legendary status. I mean, as a legend of the game yourself, uh, do, you, do, you, do you agree with that, or do you think he should bide his time like every other player? Uh, I doubt that's going to happen. I doubt that's going to happen. You've got to be out of the game, I think, uh, for at least three years. It might, it might be three years. It was three years. They may have even extended, but you've got to be out of the game for, I think it's three years. Um, unless it's slipped by me, it's a little bit longer. But so uh, nothing will happen for at least three years. Uh, I doubt that will ever happen with the with the Hall of Fame. Uh, there's a lot of great players. You, you've got to remember, uh, Buddy Franklin's one of the modern day greats. But there's been a lot of great players in different eras who are just you know sitting there and and waiting for you know recognition. I mean, Gary Ablett Jr. is one of the all time greats. Uh, his father's one of the all time greats. Uh, Wayne Carey, one of the all time greats. There's a lot of players out there. Um, who are in the Hall of Fame and I'm certain, you know, uh, are being discussed, you know, every time they talk about who's going to be the legend. So I doubt I doubt very much that that would happen. And before we perhaps get on to the Richmond side of things, uh, just for me, how are you and uh, how are you uh, enjoying the football? How, how are you health-wise and everything like that? Going okay, going okay. We've got a few family uh, situations. I've got a family situation at the moment, uh, uh, which we're all dealing with, um, but um, no, okay. Um, far as the Tigers are concerned, um, if they're just nearly there, they're not quite there. Of course, uh, they've had some retirements in recent years. Uh, still struggling to you know, see if they can make the eight. Um, if they could have beaten Melbourne, they played pretty well against Melbourne for about two and a half quarters. So that last quarter, you know, Gorn was tremendous in the last quarter. I mean, and then Petty, of course, bobs up. Uh, booted six goals. I'm not quite certain if anyone saw Penny, who ma- ma- mainly has made his name playing down back, 
um, and you know play down back in their premiership side. But anyway, they're throwing him forward because there's no Fritz, and obviously Ben Brown is out of out of form as well, uh, and Grundy's out of form. So they're throwing him forward, and he, and he did the job for him. So that was disappointing for the Tigers. You've got a big game coming up against the Bulldogs. I mean, this is a must-win to keep mm. their chances alive. But but when you look back at what happened on the weekend, I mean, it was just extraordinary that it kept chances alive for. A, a lot of sides, uh, you know, the Western Bulldogs uh, going down, being beaten. Uh, the Giants have jumped into, what, sixth spot on the ladder. The Cats got beaten by Fremantle. Who would have ever thought that was mm-hmm. going to take place? So um, I think the Tigers, for instance, are, what, two points outside and a bit of percentage outside the top eight. And the Cats are just outside and the Swans are just outside. Essendon, you know, and Adelaide Crows are only a game outside. It's... It's quite remarkable how many sides have still got a chance, you know, so late in the season. It is, it is. And, uh, well, we, as you say, one of them is the Tigers. And, they, as you say, they've played a big game against the Bulldogs on Friday. Um, as a Melbourne supporter, Kev, uh, we uh, watched that game quite closely on Sunday. And, gee, I was a bit worried. <laughs> Multiple points of that game thinking, oh, gosh, Melbourne have thrown their top fours chances away. But it took a monumental effort by Gorney, as you said, to get them over the line. But they didn't look too bad. And Dusty looked quite good as well. I mean, he continues he his great fresh. form. And so did Shy Bolton. So you've got all these. You know, these players that are still playing top-line footy. Yeah, got a chance. There's no doubt. I mean, they, they could really trouble the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs have been, uh, well, sometimes they've been disappointing. You know, they've, they, they appear to have firepower up for it, but they don't seem to kick a lot of goals. Uh, you know, and they've, they've given up leads in games. And even on the weekend against the Giants, you know, at... Uh, at Mars Stadium down at Ballarat where it blows an absolute gale, not very nice for, you know, opposition sides to actually go down there, particularly sides from interstate. And they got about six goals up there, I think, one stage, maybe in the third quarter. Uh, you would have thought, being a really good side, that, you know, six goals up, playing at Mars Stadium, that uh, they're going to have a good, good, solid win. But, you know, for the Giants to come over the top of them and Toby Green to bob up, kick four goals in the third quarter, gets them over the line. I mean, it was just an incredible win by the Giants. Adam Kingsley has done a terrific job with that club, I think, in his first year. But uh, with the Bulldogs, you know, at different stages of this season, there's been many games where they've looked the winner uh, mm-hmm. and then they've faded. So I think, I think there's a big chance that the Tigers can upset the Dogs on Friday night. Yeah, we hope so. H- have you seen Mini then? Uh, the, obviously the coach uh, at the moment at the Tigers after Dimmer. Um, have, you, have you enjoyed his sort of short coaching career? Well, he's done very well, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. uh, McQuarter, I think he's done very well. What more could he do? I mean, they've, uh, they've been very, very competitive. Uh, lost a couple, just lost a couple of games. Uh, lost to Brisbane. That was a, uh, but anyway, at the Gabba, that's hard to beat, and, and you know, dropped the points to uh, on the weekend to Melbourne. But apart from that, uh, they have been very, very competitive. They've played with a tremendous amount of spirit, and, and I would say at this stage, um, I know sometimes a lot of people put a bit of a query on, uh, you know, coaches taking over mid-season when the senior coach goes as, you know, the replacement coach. But um, I, I think he's going to be pretty hard to knock off for the job. Uh, because it seems that the players like him. They seem to be playing with him. He's been at the club for a number of years now, so he knows how it all works. And I'm not quite certain who's in the pipeline who's going to come over the top, but uh, I'm certain he's going to get down to the last one or two. Yeah, you would think so. And I know you're a pretty positive person, and for myself being a North fan, can you dig deep and find something positive about North for me at the moment? Good luck. (laughs) 
you know, uh, uh, Port, Ma- Port Adelaide or Brisbane, which which one of those clubs, you know, can get the home finals or, you know, there's a very good chance they can get through to the grand final. Don't count out the uh, D's in the top two, mate. Uh, well, I'm not, look, I don't know whether they've been playing as well as the other sides mm-hmm. at the moment, but when they, if they, I mean... But they did play well, you know, as you say, that last quarter. It seems by just having gone in the ruck now, in the last couple of weeks he's absolutely dominated. Mm. No Grundy there and having the lone hand and relishing that. You've got to get Oliver back into the side who brings so many players into the game. Probably leading in the season, he was the best player in the competition, um, along with Petrarca. Uh, they get Fitz back on the forward line as well. Uh, you've got young Van Royen now and now Petty is bobbed up. Uh, they could be a force again. They could be. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rule Melbourne out. But uh, I, 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 there's no Collingwood, Port Adelaide, Brisbane, or Melbourne uh, being the top four sides, and I think they're going to fight it out. Now, you know, it depends upon maybe a bit of luck. Could be depends upon maybe some injuries to some players and key players. But I think that's where the premiership's going to come from. Fantastic. Well, you've auditioned well to come back on our show, KP, so that's fantastic. <laughs> Always a pleasure, you know that. Uh, great <laughs> man. Hey, mate, we might, unfortunately, we have to leave it there, mate. You're running out of time, but uh, really appreciate you giving us uh, some of yours. I so really appreciate it, mate. Uh, we'll talk again soon. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. <laughs> You're a great man. Uh, Kevin Bartlett there.